Hello, everybody. This is Alyssa Brodier, and you are listening to the Bad Movie Nights podcast with our special guest, Tori R. Yay! How are you feeling today, Tori? Good. It's Halloween. I got a lot of candy. I'm yes. So happy. It's Halloween, October 31st. It's so exciting. We're filming our first episode on Halloween. Uh, so just to give a quick little bio, Tori is an undergraduate media arts major and filmmaker, specializing in cinematography, editing, and writing. She's 20, Latina of Mexican heritage, and a lover of dance, ninja warrior, and all things pink. Her favorite genres are fantasy, adventure, and animation. She loves kids' media and wants to tell fun, friendly stories with an emotional center and heroes all sorts of people see themselves in. You good? Yeah. Cool. Got it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit bumpy. Uh, I'm hoping this audio turns out okay because uh, we're not in the best place. We are next to an elevator and some kind of weird middle area of one of our buildings at the university we will be talking about things that make a bad movie what makes a bad movie tori what do you thoughts thoughts mm. on that tori uh for me the most the thing that most strongly makes a bad movie is the storyline if it doesn't make sense if i can't connect to it mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so we, I have some notes here. Um, so yeah, some of the major components we kind of talked about beforehand would be like the storyline. Um, storylines that are like underdeveloped and they don't make sense at all. Uh, I can't think of any, just kidding. I can't think of one example. Um, so the room I feel like is the best example just because it's obviously very well known for how terrible it is. Um, it's <sighs> that that storyline is so erratic and does not make sense to me whatsoever. I am just so confused by a lot of things, but that's for the next episode. So I don't want to go too, too into the room. Mm. That's what comes to mind. I just, to be honest, my family watches a lot of movies, mm -hmm. but I look them up beforehand so I know if they're good or not based on like what critics think of them and stuff. And if I know it's just not going to be a pleasant experience, I just don't stay for it. <laughs> so I don't have a lot of experience suffering through bad movies. You should. I feel like that's definitely something that we all should do is watch terrible movies. Yes. Not only to make fun of them, but also as filmmakers to learn like what not to do. Mm -hmm. And it's some movies are just so terrible like you just can't stand them like i know there's been movies that i've gotten really bored watching and just kind of fell asleep or like turned it off because it was just horrible like sex in the city is one of them though that is a horrible movie i don't it's so fucking boring i hate it another component that would make a bad movie would be the character development like having little to no care for an arc throughout it or if the character stays static throughout the whole film like we don't change much yeah so like unclear development of characters i mean no examples for me come to mind personally but i've seen it a lot of times in like student films particularly um and you can't really say too much about student films because you know they're still learning um so that's not like what we're going to be like talking about you know i don't want to 
make fun of the people who are learning because I'm in the same boat. Um, so yeah, like, you know, obviously and the components of like character development, it's like movies that have no care for main character. Um, you know, they just kind of have these stock characters that are pretty generic and have generic dialogue and generic thoughts and actions. So yeah, like they have little to no care for these main characters. Um, they're just basically stock characters, you know, generic actions, thoughts, dialogue. Um, I'm trying to think of any going great. <laughs> you know what? This all podcasts got to start somewhere, but mm -hmm. we just kind of, I just like really talking about stuff like this. Um, but you know, or having like side characters that kind of show up to serve small purposes of films, like just a certain portion, you know, that, um, you know, you should have thought put into every single character that is in your world. Even if they are like a small character, if they have dialogue, you need to have some sort of thought put behind their backstory or even if they don't really, you don't, not necessarily just backstory, but just like them as a person. So they kind of have like a personality, you know, because I feel like part of having a good movie is, you know, building a world that your characters live in and building the characters to a point where they make sense and they're personable, you can relate to them and they're not just kind of there for no reason. I do sort of have a note on the theme. Can I note those? Yeah. The theme being unclear or relevant to a plot can make a bad movie. Um, I, I know that I really loved uh, The Greatest Showman and I don't think it's a bad movie. Mm -hmm. However, it's very controversial for um, the main character having in real life been kind of racist and not yes, great a person. Yes. And the whole theme of it is kind of, I guess, kind of like, I think, uh, about like marginalized people who are different, but he was just mm -hmm. profiting off of them because they were marginalized and not really utilizing <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, of course. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I totally forgot about that movie. I did watch it, actually, and I had a friend that's like, love the greatest showman and i'm like after i watched it i was like first of all i don't really care about musicals so that's out and then second of all wasn't like barnum and bailey like terrible people yeah. like why are they making them look good in this movie like the exploiting people for their de deformities and and stuff is not cool and it's not something that should be glorified mm. um so what exactly do you think the theme they were the thing they were going for. Well, I remember there was a part where he was talking about how he wouldn't let his kids be treated like dirt again because they were treated differently because they were poor. Mm -hmm. But also, they're all white and they have their own set of privileges. And who's really being treated like dirt are all the people that get bullied and uh -huh. like harassed for being in his show. So it's kind of an irony there. That is, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, did not even really think about that. Mm. Uh, yeah, like, I guess the theme was like, what was the theme? I'm not even really fucking sure. I think, honestly, like, I think the theme was like, uh, success despite adversity or like being treated differently. And but that was more focused on the main character? It's more focused, that more applied to like the main white guy and not so all like, the other people. 
Yeah. He winds up using them. Zach Efron. Why you gotta do that? Why you gotta go and be in that movie? <laughs> they got um, Zendaya too. Oh man, Zendaya. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what 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 the what was she doing in there? Like what uh, was she, what was her part? Her character. She was an acrobat, and she uh, had like a love interesting with Zac Efron's character, and they were looked down on because they were like an interracial relationship. But they okay. overcame that and got together in the end because he was like, spoilers, he was in like the crashing, the burning building mm-hmm. and she stayed with him until he recovered and uh-huh. they bonded again like that. I mean, that's sweet. Yes. I don't feel like that makes up for the exploitation of these other people mm-hmm. in the circus, but okay. Okay. <laughs> it has no root in reality. Yeah, it's... That's fun. That's fun. Um, yeah, so, like, those are just, like, some of the major components as far as, like, adapting storyline and uh, character development and just having, like, an overall theme. Like, I feel like those three things are just, like, the biggest part of pre-production or just developing a story in general. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, like, I know... For us, you know, in our, like, media classes that we've taken, they always talk about story and yes. the three acts or the three arcs. And, yes. like, you, yeah, you need to develop it all the way through. It has to make sense. It has to have something climactic or, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a resolved ending. And that's also something to talk about too is the story arc is un- – is some in some movies, the story arcs are unclear. Like – you're kind of just sitting there the entire movie and nothing is really happening. Like there was this movie that I watched a few years ago that we randomly found on Amazon called Bad Seeds. And that, I don't know if that's a student film or what, cause it was like younger people, like around our age, like I think like 1920s, but I had no idea what the hell was going on there. Um, it made no sense to me. Like there, it was just like some kids getting high and then people were dying and then that was it and like somebody was getting murdered um but like the thing is is it was very anticlimactic just because like there was nothing that was like pulling me in there was also a bunch of other things that made it not a good movie but that's that's the example that i can think of right now i think another example of like storylines not making much sense would be rocky horror um, just because I know, like, there's a huge culture behind Rocky Horror, and people are like, yeah, you need to go watch the live shows. Don't actually watch the movie. That's what my friend Tim told me. He was like, why did you watch the movie first before you went to the live show? The movie sucks. And I was like, oh, I didn't know, because I didn't know there was a culture behind it. But, yeah, when I actually watched the movie... I was really fucking confused and I did not understand the plot. Like I, I recently listened to another podcast called the Beckdale cast and they talked about Rocky horror and they just talked about how weird the plot was. And I'm just like, yep, but that's just like a different discussion. So yeah. So any, any thoughts about the major components story? Of franchises. Yeah. Uh, So like there's, Besides, you know, the, there's the main components that 
make or break a story, basically. And then there's, like, the subjectiveness yeah. of, like, what makes a bad movie. Because uh, everybody has a different opinion when it comes to, like, the technical aspects of these movies. And one of them would be adaptations. Yes. So, growing up, I loved kids' movies. I still love kids' movies. And some of them are based off of existing franchises. A lot of them are. Uh, I know one thing that really upset my brother was a uh, movie for Avatar, The Last Airbender, a Nickelodeon movie directed by M. Night Shyamalan. The casting was horrible. The plot was horrible. It just it wasn't well made, and it implied that there was going to be a sequel, and there never was because it never should have been. And then uh, the Percy Jackson, The Olympians films, those were terribly adapted. The characters were too old. It, was the, it didn't match the books very well. And just, I think filmmakers just really like to take kids' franchises and things that are actually really meaningful, but that they can capitalize off of and just mm -hmm. take all the meaning out and just do whatever they want to make money off of it. Like, uh, I really, really love uh, Middle School by James Patterson, that film mm -hmm. series. Like, the main character, he's, he's my son. I love him so much. But uh, <laughs> Nicolo again, Nickelodeon. They had a film for it called For Middle School, and I I never even watched it because it was all about like the slapstick and the pranks and stuff. And the in the actual book, it's got so much emotion. And there's like an abusive father, and there's um, his uh, imaginary friend slash uh, mm -hmm. late brother, and there's so much depth to it. I did not trust them to have that much depth in the movie, and it is on Netflix, and I might dare to watch it. But I, I would, think, uh, yeah. Definitely, I would watch it just to kind of make compare, yeah. compare and contrast it, and kind of analyze it just to see because that would be interesting it to talk about. Yeah, so much to me, and I mm -hmm. really don't think they did a good job. Yeah, from what little I've seen of it. Yeah, and I, I never watched the the Avatar: Last Airbender movie or the series, but my older brothers were very much into it, mm -hmm. and they went and saw it in theaters, and they said it was horrible, and they hated it, and and Shyamalan like just decided to go and like rename characters or not rename them but um the way that it was pronounced the pronunciations like oh apparently the main character's name is ang in the yes, series right they said ong, and they said ong. Uh, they, they said ong and my brother like made a big deal about that he was like no that's not names. how you're supposed to say it like that's not the pronunciation and then i guess they just had like I'm not sure. I'd have to ask him, but maybe like the world building wasn't that great, mm -hmm. and like the storyline just didn't really kind of go with the series. Um, but yeah, definitely the adaptations. And I've heard about like The Lion King, and they're mm -hmm. making a lot of adaptations or remakes of like that Disney live movies. Action, quote, yeah, live, live action, action quote remakes. unquote, live action remakes. And they had like The Lion King just came out, Beauty and the Beast came out a couple years ago. And from what I've heard of some of these remakes, uh, some arguments that people have made, because I'm not going to go watch them. I don't really care. Um, but the remakes, it says they, it lacks emotion. It mm -hmm. lacks, you know, personality. Like, the characters look stiff. Like, yeah. I saw the trailer for The Lion King, yeah. the remake, and you see the way that they had animated them. They look very realistic, which is cool but yeah. also it kind of like takes away their personality and like what made the original so good there are some things that only animation can communicate animation is amazing mm -hmm. and it's not just kids movies and like by making it 
realistic and like CGI, they that markets to older people, I think, but it's not the same. It's not as effective yeah. at all. Well, I want to say they, I guess it does market towards older people, but I, cause, because they're just trying to bank off nostalgia. They, mm-hmm. it seems like now Disney and some aspects, they just don't really care about their fan base. They, what they really want is they want you to go watch it because you watched it as a kid yeah. and that's it. And that kind of sucks. That makes me, upset personally just because i know i grew up watching the lion king i grew up watching beauty and the beast and all these other movies and i'm like why are you doing this like mm-hmm. this kind of sucks <laughs> but yeah like yeah also the poor poor sonic the hedgehog fans yeah oh i saw the, 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 the fact that the whole movie the, the character design has to be redone so it could be released so that they wouldn't be horrified by it that doesn't fix the terrible plot that's going to be in it. It doesn't fix the backlash, it doesn't fix anything. But just the lack of consideration for the fans mm-hmm. of the original material is so terrible. Yes. And also, like, with that in mind, so let's talk about some other kids' movies, like um, the Emoji Movie, which we all ah. know, which we all know is not an actual entertaining movie. It was a cash cow. It was just a giant advertisement. I went and watched it in theaters with my oh. friends when it came out. And we knew. We knew it was going to be bad. We knew we were spending money and giving them giving Sony money. You feel like, bad for all the animators that had to put so much work into that and make it look nice, but it's still not a good movie. It doesn't even really look that nice. It's really fucking boring. Wow. Like, it's, it's the, is the emoji... I get the emo, each emoji is, like, very one-dimensional mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be, but, like, at the same time, still, like... Characters even they couldn't cannot- even do that right. Like, it doesn't even... It's sucks like i hate it so much characters don't really exist in movies for a reason they're not compelling they don't do anything i think it was because like they were all one-dimensional and when this this one it was the main emoji guy was like all these different emotions and that's why he was so different but even then like they just couldn't do it correctly it did it 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 wasn't done in a way that was interesting because still the storyline was fucking lame like it just I don't even remember what the storyline was. Same thing with Boss Baby. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Boss Baby. Uh, I thought it was cute, but like, but yeah. But it seems like not every single kids movie that's coming out now are. They're not all bad. They're not all just made just to make money and mm-hmm. and to be a big advertisement. Like there are some that are genuinely really good. None come to mind right now. Shout out to Leica Studios for Kubo and the Two Strings and Coraline and so many great things. Yes. Uh, stop motion animation is not as appreciated and it should be. It and because should. it takes so it's, long, yes. they make sure the films that come out of it are really meaningful. I have watched videos of people doing like claymation setups and stop mm-hmm. motion and I'm like, that looks like it takes forever. And you have to be so precise and careful when you're moving it because if you mess one thing up, you have to start all over again. Mm-hmm. I've seen it, and I'm just, like, in awe, and I have very much respect for these animators and the mm-hmm. people who do it, because it's it looks tough. I would love to try it, but I feel like I wouldn't have the patience for it. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, some other technical aspects that fall into the subjective category of mm-hmm. what makes a bad movie would be editing, mm-hmm. you know, some choppy editing, too many cuts, that don't make sense for the scene. You know, like, like usually fast cuts you would see in like action shots are like fast paced, but like why would you see like fast paced 
shots and slow scenes because really I feel like the as an as part of the audience it's it's gonna make you dizzy it's gonna make you mm. like confused I don't like want to I don't want to watch fast-paced editing in a slow scene there's a time and a place for long shots long cuts and for fast cuts yes. and there's some movies that just don't do that like they just don't have the editor that maybe that doesn't understand what the storyline is going for or they're just not communicating between director and editor and i think that's what happens a lot of the times in some of these films is like they're just not really communicated correctly or in the right way because maybe the director's inexperienced or the editor's inexperienced you know what i mean yeah. i've loved editing since i was really little and since well for like nine or something ever mm -hmm. since i could but uh something school taught me about editing is it's really complex, actually, and it has to go with, like, the moods. And, like, something yes. that sticks with me is that every cut, every decision has to have a reason behind it. It can't just be, mm -hmm. yeah. like, basic Hollywood formula, establishment shot, and then smaller and, like, cut whenever. Like, I used to just cut when I made movies by myself just for dialogue. Like, close-up of this person, then back, like, one, whatever. But not mm -hmm. put much thought into it yeah. in the sense I have. It... Editing is really hard the better you get at it. Yeah, but it's also like really cool once you realize, yeah. you know, how to do certain things yeah. and like making things look good. Mm -hmm. Um, but like definitely I know when I was in school, I in high school I was I took like audio video classes and we learned like the basics like camera setups and, and editing and a big thing was like the wide medium close-up and yes. every student did that every single project that we had to watch and i got so fucking bored and i'm not gonna say that i didn't do it because i did it i huh. did it a lot too because i just didn't know and as i progressed more in that class i kind of learned more and was taught more and like this is how you do a j cut and an l cut and those changed my life those Whoa. were so yeah that was very revolutionary for me my Jacob. my junior year of high school <laughs> i was like ma'am you can do this <laughs> i was excited um we will be right back after this short break all right and we're back hello again Yes, hello. So, now that we have gotten the um, adaptations yes. out of the way, the, you know, we have, some of us in this room have a lot to say. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure you could go on a lot more. Definitely. We definitely could do that for like another episode. Like pick an adaptation and talk about, about that like anyone you want to talk about that you've watched um but for now <laughs> so we're gonna talk about some other technical aspects what about sound do you have any examples for sound sound um not really i mean like i guess if we're talking about the first thing that come to mind was interstellar uh but I didn't watch that movie, mm. and I don't think it's a bad movie from what I've heard. I just, I've just heard people like making fun of the fact that it's like super duper loud. Um, I don't really have any examples, I guess. But uh, yeah, so like uh, another technical aspect of what would make a bad movie or just like part of a movie bad is the terrible sound quality. Mm. Um, it's not mixed very well. 
a lot of times in like more I guess amateur short films and stuff like that the tracks are like way out of proportion like the music will be like way louder than the dialogue and you can't you me, can, I don't like it when the volume is inconsistent. Like, mm -hmm. when watching movies at home, I'd like it if my parents didn't have to turn it way up and then way down again over and over. Because I mm -hmm. think maybe the part of it is, like, it gets louder to surprise you or something, but it just it gets annoying when they're, like, whispering and then something crashes really loudly. Yeah. I know it's important, but, like, it can just come out of nowhere. It can happen way too much, and then it's not very comfortable. Well, yeah, I would see. I see that really happening more in like thrillers and like yeah. horror movies because it's kind of like a uh, a thing that they do. They mm -hmm. love to make it insanely quiet and then like scare you. Um, which I guess in that kind of sense, like that's okay. But yeah, there has been like there has been movies I have actually watched too that are like. Some 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 of them are like some scenes you just can't understand, mm -hmm. like you can't hear. And I personally have no idea whether it's because of the sound quality on my TV or laptop, or if it's like the the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, like I can't tell. You said this one using the same sound effects that are overdone. I mostly, I don't see that in uh, film. My main complaint is that I see that in like D DC. TV shows on the CW. CW, in general, does not feel like a very high-quality channel. Oh, yeah. The CW is very melodramatic to me. Yes. Like, it's... I sat there. I watched all seasons of Gossip Girl, so mm -hmm. I think I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that's that's an entirely different entity on its own. But, yeah. yeah. Um, Don't do that in film. Do not use a generic crashing sound effect for everything. Oh, you know what? That brings up a great point. When yeah. movies use the Wilhelm scream oh. over and over <laughs> again. Like, you hear it. In Star Wars, especially. Oh, God. Like, you can hear in the background. Like, it's, it's fucking annoying. Like, come up with a new scream. Just get, just make somebody else scream. <laughs> like, make one of the actors actually scream. Because I know I was watching this, like, movie review. I can't remember what, what movie it was. But they were talking about how they had a Wilhelm scream over somebody, like, over a clip of somebody that wasn't even screaming. Wow. And they were like, just make it consistent with yeah. the footage. Like, it, I don't even know. It's fucking crazy. But, yeah, like, when they use, like, the Wilhelm scream, and then there's, like, another one that some people use a lot that I can't, that some kind of sound effect I can't really mm. remember. Um... But yeah, so that's always fun. It's distracting. It's like an Easter egg in all universes. It's it yeah. It makes me think of like the my leg thing from SpongeBob. But <laughs> that's actually funny, and I think they do it on purpose. <laughs> and I mean, I I like that. But you know, but yeah. So I mean, just in order to like have make a good film, like as far as sound quality goes, just make sure it's mixed well. You know. Yes. And, and consistent with what with the image. Yeah, consistent with like what's going on. Uh, make sure that it's uh, timed correctly. Like yes. it's not out of sync. Um, you know, try and not use like sound effects that are overused or like at wrong times. Like mm -hmm. you just hear like random sound effects that have nothing to do with what's going on in the scene, and it's jarring. Like it kind of takes you out of 
what you're watching. It's, I don't know. But, yeah, so... I guess we could talk about cinematography and directing, but I think that kind of went into editing. Because if the editor doesn't have dynamic shots, they're not going to be able to produce something that's dynamic to the edit. Yeah, well, you can also, like, talk about that as its own entity because editing is more so, like, the post-production. Like, just talk about, like... You know, how, how are people, like, directing it? Like, is there mm. a specific way that people direct things? And, like, mm. is that being communicated well to the cinematographer? Is that being communicated well mm. to the actors? If, you know, if the director is just not really doing his, you know, what he's supposed to be doing, mm. like, how can you... How can anyone else do a good job, I guess? Yeah, and I think, like, that's a big thing as part of, like, the production aspect is being able to communicate your ideas in a way that makes sense for everyone. Not saying that you need to talk, like, a five-year-old to get your point across, mm-hmm. but... Be very clear in your vision. Yes. Have a clear vision for what you want the film to look like. I'm going to try to be directing our next student film, so it's a lot of responsibility, mm-hmm. but I think if I do a good job, then I think... It should fit together well with everything else. Yeah, because, like, considering, like, what we're doing for pre-production is mm-hmm. uh, I had put together a shot list, and yes. you helped me with the shot list. Yes. So I made it in a way that would make sense, and we both kind of talked about, like, what we want in it, what mm-hmm. how we want the shots to look and, like, the scenes to look. And... Um, you know, being able to collaborate on that aspect would will make it more smooth during mm-hmm. the production so we're not just kind of scrambling around figuring out, okay, well, what shot would look best for this scene? And, like, I don't understand this shot list or this shot list doesn't even matter anymore because we had to throw it away, like, yeah. our last project. And mm-hmm. <sighs> it's definitely, like, I feel like that's something to talk about as far as, like, if we ever decide to do a discussion over, you know, filmmaking communication yeah. and and how to go about that. But, of course, like, I don't think – I'm not that experienced in it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just saying from the few years I have, you know, have done this kind of stuff, yeah. uh, all I know is group work sucks. I hate it. <laughs> I hate working in groups. Just communicate with each other, please. That's all. Not only for student projects, but also for professional projects. Business practice, real life. Yeah. And so, like, you know, cinematography, yeah, basic Hollywood formula for the cinematography was just what kind of what we talked about in editing. But, I mean, there's a different way that people do it for directing. I mean, it's, you know, it kind of like a generic way of directing it like Mm -hmm. every shot is boring and um you know you have the nice establishing shots which is cool and then you have like the ots and like the wide medium close Mm -hmm. and you know it's just like basic basic stuff like one person's talking mid shot then the other person talks mid shot on them and back and forth and back and it's like that's how i used to film things until i realized you can put thought and artistry into it and it mm-hmm. will not be visually boring see like and it's it's an art really mm-hmm. it's filmmaking is an art and you can do it in a way that's engaging and very interesting uh instead of just like a basic formula of shots and directing and 
it's just you know what yeah. I mean <laughs> but yeah um and so yeah let's talk about acting Acting. Um, yes, acting. We love acting. Uh, I I love it. I love watching people act, especially if they can't act. Um. (laughs) So I know you've said that the room is a big example of like a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. Could you elaborate on anything like that? Yeah. Um. So basically, like everybody who's watched the room probably already fucking knows what i'm about to say but it's really tommy Wiseau and just how oh god the way he delivers his lines is so hilariously bad <laughs> like it's just so it's ridiculous oh uh, like he's like screaming his lines and he's got this like accent that we don't even really know what kind of accent it is and he's just like enunciating the words in a way that don't really fit with the tone of that scene and it's just like he's just bad at it like it's just bad and that's what makes it fun to watch Mm -hmm. but then there's you know certain films where it's like not even the bad acting could make it a so bad it's good type of film Mm -hmm. and you know like aspects of just overacting acting too 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 much Mm -hmm. like i know this isn't necessarily like a movie example but i have noticed you know in like certain places where it's like people want to bring in theater actors and make them film actors and it's not the same i learned we learned the hard way oh i did that they are different. Mm-hmm. Film and theater is very different. I thought theater is good practice for them, so they could be in film, but yeah. they 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 act differently. Oh yeah, well, so they can project and be yeah, because like with film, uh, with theater, you have to you project your voice mm-hmm. and you have to overact in a sense because you want everyone in the audience to hear you and to know what you're doing. It has to be over exaggerated for. The stage. Mm-hmm. And with film, that doesn't need to happen because you're not on the stage live in front of a huge audience. Yeah. You're on a set with some crew and some actors and cameras as close as they need to be. Yes, you're not far away. You're close up. And I know, like, I've seen it and it's like, they just like go, <sighs> like, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know how to, like, <laughs> I don't know how to give an example with my voice. <laughs> I don't know why I did that, but you know what I mean. Like, we've yeah. seen it in auditions mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, they just get it's overhyped, and it's, like, not cool. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, they just don't know, and you have to be able to. And that's another thing, like, a director needs to be good at, going back to the directing real quick. Yeah. It's being able to direct their actors in a way that is convincing and makes sense. Uh, if you can't get your actors to not overact or, you know, not underact, then mm-hmm. it's going to just, like, not be easy to watch mm-hmm. in that aspect. I really want to talk about casting now. Yes. I'm getting tired of seeing the same actors in films everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. um, first thing about kind of tired of Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone and anything and everything all Mm. the time because they're not necessarily bad actors but you start to just see them as like the people instead of the characters yeah and that gets strange like 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson, kind of typecasted because of his body and how he acts and stuff. And to be fair, I don't think he was originally an actor. He was like a wrestler. Ah, yeah. And so him and like Vin Diesel are like in the same, are like typecasted as like the same roles. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen them, I've seen Vin Diesel, he was in like uh, Fast and Furious movies. He was in that other, those other movies. I wish you knew it. Was was, was he in like The Pacifier or? The what? The Pacifier. It's a movie about like an ex-military dude who babysits a bunch of kids and it's very funny. That sounds lame. <laughs> I feel like I probably treasured it as a child, though. Oh, that makes me think of that movie with The Rock when he was the Tooth Fairy. Oh. Have you seen that one? My first The Hilarious. Rock movie was uh, the backup plan. He, he like adopted, or had this like tiny child oh he was like the football player yeah he had the kid yeah i remember that one i haven't seen that in like 10 years i i wonder if it's aged well (laughs) but yeah so casting yes i agree i think they like i it's i think it's mainly because like who is the big stars right now who you're gonna see in those main roles and it's not that they're bad actors i definitely agree with it it's just like just because they're, you know, they're popular right now doesn't mean that they necessarily fit the role. Exactly. And that can kind of be a bad or negative effect of, like, the movie or a bad part of the movie. I'm not sure what to name that, but I think you guys know what I'm talking about. people who are typecasted, I don't know if they have a lot of range as actors, and therefore I don't know if that reflects well in the film all the time. Well, let me give you a good uh, example. So, you know Michael Sarah. Yes. Yeah. The guy who maybe wasn't supposed to be an actor. I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> but, like, yeah, he was, like, he's, like, ty- usually typecasted as just, like, nerdy, like, funny guy, right? Mm-hmm. Or just, like, this nerdy dude because he was, like, in Superbad and Year One with Jack Black and then some was other he Scott Pilgrim versus Oh, yeah, he was. He was, he was Scott Pilgrim. Um, but, and you just only see him as that one character, but he played a small role in Molly's game, uh, about the poker player, the poker games, like, with all the celebrities, Mm -hmm. and he did a very good job playing this, like, asshole dude. Like, he has the range for it, and I feel like if given the opportunity, he should get more roles like that. And people should utilize good actors in all sorts of roles not just typecast yeah. them i definitely agree like i think you know i don't even know like i just think that there people there are some people who are typecasted because they can't act and mm-hmm. they just are good in those types of movies but then there's other people that are like they're have range but they're just kind of their breakout role was that role and now they just are seen as that Person? I've never watched this video, but there's a video called Has Noah Centino Ever Been in a Good Movie? And I thought when I first saw To All the Boys I've Met Before, I thought he was a good actor, but apparently that's his character in every film he's ever in. Oh, and I don't know yeah. if he's that Noah good anymore. It, it took me a minute to realize who you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I watched, I, I've seen that movie. I thought that movie was cute. I thought so too. Um, I watched Swiped, mm. the another movie he's in, mm. and he is the exact same, same person. Character. Um, Because I actually watched a Danny Gonzalez video talking about Mm -hmm. it. And I think that might have been what you watched. I think that Danny Gonzalez or um, 
Drew Gooden. One of those, because I know they both talk about, like, terrible, terrible Netflix mm-hmm. movies. And that movie was so fucking boring. That is an example that I could have used earlier. Wow, look at us. Yes. Uh, just me, like... Go to Netflix for bad movies to talk about, unfortunately. Like, Tall Girl. Is Tall Girl a good concept for a movie? I don't know. I don't... Oh, shit. People fucking hate me because I'm tall. They make fun of me because I <laughs> look like a giraffe. Honestly, let me let me tell you something right here. When I was in high school and we had super tall people, they didn't fucking say anything to them. They don't care. That's not something that people make fun of. Like, I mean, I don't know what kind of fucking world these people, these, like, producers and shit are living in, but I've never seen that. Not in college, not in high school. Not even in middle school. So I have no idea what the fuck is up with that plot. The main quote in the trailer is like, you think your life is hard? I wear like a size 7 or what? (laughs) I wear a size 13. Men's. (laughs) Oh no, I'm so sorry. I guess the the poor, you know, African-American kid that's being bullied because, because of his race doesn't understand what it's like. To be a super tall white girl wearing size 13 men's shoes. Wow. Crazy. Just because you can make it doesn't mean you should always make it. Yeah, just because you think it sounds fun doesn't mean it. you should do it. Just mm-hmm. don't. Like, I, I actually tried watching that movie and I got really bored. Because it was just like the most mundane, overdone plot you ever just get disappointed that they bad movies get actors you like i don't know because like they got, got an example they, they got sabrina carpenter who was in a show called girl meets world which i really loved on the disney channel and never like, watched that one but i watched the the uh original ah it's like no they got sabrina why did she agree to this why and it's the question people i don't know it doesn't personally make me mad to see the people in bad movies like, I'm not upset, but I'm just like, your agent, man. Mm-hmm. They must not like you that much. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think, like, casting directors. Yes, casting directors have a very important job. I saw a documentary once about this one lady who was responsible for casting a lot of important people in a lot of movies, and I had no idea how much responsibility was on them to do that and to make... <gasps> I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we saw it in the media industries. Yes, I watched the same one a couple years ago. Yeah, gained a new appreciation for it. Yeah, the fact the casting casting directors weren't even uh, credited in like the opening credits or something for a long time when they had such a huge role in it. They need to be. They 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 have to do a lot. If the casting director doesn't know what's going on, Mm -hmm. as far as like what is happening in this movie. Then the actors, they're going to pick bad actors. They're yeah. going to pick bad people. They're not going to pick the, or not bad actors necessarily, but not Unsuitable pick the right. actors. Yeah, not pick the right actors for the role. And I think that goes back to the directors mm-hmm. and the screenplay writers. Write it well. Yes. Understand what you're writing, you know, think about it that's all i'm saying but you know who who am i to say anything i'm just a film student what do i know right i don't make million dollar movies so wow you're learning slowly getting there one day yes 
<laughs> but yeah, so like definitely, you know, casting directors have such an important job and really every single crew member mm-hmm. have has an important job. And uh, saying saying things like, oh, yeah, well, this person doesn't really do that much. He doesn't like he's, he, you know, he's not that important. Like, that's not true. Everybody has importance. a job that, you know, helps make or like make a movie good or bad. So definitely something to consider mm-hmm. if any of you listeners out there or filmmakers uh, such as ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and there was something else I wanted to talk about. Dialogue, which we didn't write down in our uh, outline, but... I watch more TV than film, but and, and there was an episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where the bad guy said, I listened to two people, uh, nobody and not you, and I just screamed, that was a bad line, and I don't understand how... Those kind of things end up in movies or media or whatever. And it's just expected to be taken so seriously. Yeah. I listen to nobody and not you. Two people. I don't get it. That, that doesn't make any sense. And I guess that was supposed to be funny? No, it was it was taken seriously by every character and the in the context, everything. That's dumb. <laughs> I I don't I don't know. That's really interesting. And then I left the room because I couldn't take it. I would too. Like, well, okay, so a nice example of shitty dialogue would be Cool Cat Saves the Kids. If uh, anybody has ever seen I've never heard of that. <laughs> it is a trip. You got to watch it. It's I watched it. I My brother watched a video uh, that Your Movie Sucks made about it. And he showed it to me. And I was like, man, I need to find this movie and watch it at Bad Movie Night. <laughs> and then me and my friends watched it at Bad Movie Night. And we were like... This movie fucking sucks. <laughs> this movie's horrible. <laughs> but um yeah, like it's basically this like movie this dude what fuck Derek Savage <laughs> is his name and he wanted to make a children's movie. Like a children's like trying to teach you not how to cyberbully and it just was fucking bad. Mm. It and like the he had uh, he had Vivica Fox and if you know who that is she was in Kill Bill. Uh, I almost wanted to call her Black Mamba, but that was not her name. <laughs> but yeah, everybody knows what I'm talking about if you've seen Kill Bill. Uh, and then they had some other dude I can't think of his name, but he was a big he was a big name at one time I think, and which was super weird. And it was just like this giant dude dressed or like this dude just dressed in the cat costume and it's like an orange cat and it has he he wears a shirt that says cool cat and comic sans and he's just like cool cat here my name's cool cat and i love all kids and then there's this like one scene where <laughs> um somebody's cyberbullying this kid oh, no. or some bullshit and like on the phone like bullying this kid over the phone and he was like he took the phone from the little kid and was like screaming into the phone he was like identify yourself <laughs> and I'm like oh my god shut up oh man but yeah you gotta watch it sometime it's it's a trip um wow. it's like I know growing up, for me, in elementary school, we had to watch, like, PSA videos that mm-hmm. were 
towards kids of like you need to stay away from strangers mm-hmm. and stuff like that and that's basically the vein he was he, the the vein of the the film i guess like what he wanted to do but it a was just so with that energy the entire time it wasn't really a movie it was just like a psa kind of thing for kids mm-hmm. but it's technically a movie because it's like over a fucking hour long for some wow. reason yeah it's like two different things two different like skits or something i don't know what you would call it put into one and it was like over an hour long mm-hmm. and it was really stupid and then he had this like whole fucking portion where he's like let me show you this cool guitar that i have that was signed by all the members of van halen and let me tell you something do you think a fucking five-year-old is gonna know who the hell van halen is no. i don't think so unless their parents are like religious like van halen fans <laughs> You're not. Who fucking cares? Like, just shut up, Derek. Like, oh, and he and he's called Daddy Derek in the thing, and oh, so that's yeah, and that that's something that makes me uncomfortable. Uh, because <laughs> it's just a, a a grown man in a cat costume calling Derek Daddy Derek is not something that I personally mm-hmm. am into. Um, maybe some other people are, but not me. <laughs> not kink shaming, but. <sighs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, so there's that. <laughs> and then uh, another point we can talk about is VFX or visual effects. Yeah, visual effects. Oof, oof, oof. Predominantly a problem in like action movies and in every Michael Bay movie, it is just an explosion of colors and light. And it's it's not like pleasing, like in mm-hmm. Pacific Rim. That was wonderful. But I need to see that movie. Transformers movies, it's just... <sighs> Don't even. The character <laughs> designs are really busy, mm-hmm. and the effects are a bit over the top, and I'm sure that appeals to some people, but if it doesn't make sense to your audience, if they don't understand what's going on, it's kind of a waste of money and mm-hmm. design. Yeah. Like, I feel like, you know, yeah, definitely Michael Bay is, like, a great example just because, like, it's so action-y. And I guess there's some people who like that just, like, watching action movies. And that's fine. Like, everybody's, like, allowed to, like, whatever they want. Like, who cares? But, um, yeah, I mean, I personally am not a fan <laughs> of just action movies that are, like, very reliant on huge explosions. And CGI and stuff. My, uh, yes, CGI my to the point where it's horrible. I think... Practical effects are always more compelling and visually interesting. Like, I never saw Mad Max, the newer one, mm-hmm. but because of all of its use of practical effects and the way it was made, people loved it, apparently. I saw recently a tweet that just had a picture from Twilight and was like, how is this allowed? And it was just Bella holding a baby, a CGI baby. Oh, yes, I saw that. That is a good example. That fucking <laughs> shit. They had they the one I saw recently was an the actual like animatronic baby. Oh my goodness. Which was even I don't know I don't know if that one is worse. Than Apparently the CGI. It's supposed to be like different from normal babies, and they can't cast a baby that acts like that, so they gotta well, make it. Yeah, I seen the movie and I read all the books uh-huh. in middle school. I was a diehard Twilight fan. Ooh. Uh, I don't know. Were you? No. No. Never. Do you, have you seen any of them? No. My dad likes them for the action parts, but... That's interesting. <laughs> Other than that, no. But uh, would you consider yourself a Team J- Jacob or Team Edward? I don't know. I was taught that there are abusive relationships in the series. See, I didn't know that when I was in middle school. I was like, oh my god, like, but I was Team Edward. So there's something about vampires, man. I just... Uh, oof. 
I ate that up. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, now that we know, <laughs> they both kind of suck. <laughs> but yeah, um, they had like... The uh, baby was supposed to grow, like, rapidly fast because mm-hmm. it was, like, half human, half vampire. And it was supposed to, like, even though it was a baby, it was supposed to act, like... Very wise or different Very, or yeah, as if it was, like, older. Mm-hmm. It was... And so, like, that in itself was kind of weird because I wouldn't even say it's an uncanny valley effect because it didn't look realistic. It just was, like, nightmare fuel <laughs> for me personally. So, I mean, man... That was, that was fun. But I know, I know yesterday or the day before we were talking about Green Lantern. Yes. So would you like to say anything about that? <laughs> I know I saw it when it came out. I don't remember what year it was. It felt like a long time ago. It was a while ago, that's I for know sure. Ryan Reynolds never wants to be a different superhero ever again. And that the CGI was very bad in it. Like, the suit was terrible. Mm-hmm. And also, the casting was inaccurate to the source material. Again, unfaithful adaptations. Yeah. And it just, I don't think it did well. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, I don't, I honestly, I keep getting that one mixed up with the Green Hornet. Because I watched the Green Hornet. Yeah. I remember watching that one with Seth Rogen in it. That movie kind of sucked. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I Honestly, I probably did see Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. I just have an issue with Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds, I don't like him. Mm. I'm not a fan of Ryan. Um, I don't like his acting. He kind of... It's just fucking annoying. Like, I I watched an, a few other movies with him in it, and I just didn't care about them. Like, uh, I mean, he was good in Deadpool, I guess. I've never read any comics. Don't care to read comics. But I guess he was good in that one. I can't really say if he... Maybe it's because he's very similar to the actual character as a person. I don't know. I'm guessing based off what I had read before uh, about him in the comic books, the uh, Deadpool. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't know. Oh, Except yeah, Descendants definitely. do not touch Descendants. Yeah, yeah. Disney Channel, we can't really... In like not Disney movies... That we're let's make a distinction. We're talking about Disney Channel original Disney movies, decoms, baby. Um, Nostalgia made them good. Oof, Looking back, I, they're not as good. Yeah, I remember watching Pixel Perfect for the first time in like years, Pixel and I was Perfect? like, "Yeah, I've never heard of that." It was about this kid that made a computer girl, and ah. she came to life as a computer. It it's like the it's like the Disney rated version. Of weird science, if huh, you've ever seen I'm, weird science, <laughs> but with really terrible graphics. Wow. Like, to be fair, weird science came out in the eighties, so I mean, yeah, the the CGI and and stuff is not going to be that great. But this was like early two thousand, so it could have been a little bit better, but it wasn't. Uh, I think it's because Disney Channel just didn't have a lot of like they. Like, I feel like they just didn't put enough money aside for Disney Channel productions, mm-hmm. and it was more towards, like, their actual, like, animated movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably why the CGI and graphics and stuff for those movies were awful. <laughs> what were your favorite decom movies or decoms? Ooh, good question. I loved Smart House. Uh-huh. 
that was very relevant uh, to today's times. Yes, I mean, considering we got out our smart that, home now, <laughs> which is why I was creeped out by our Alexa that we ha- well when we first got it. Oh yeah, it's like it's happening. They're really putting robots in houses. Dude, yes, it's spooky. Terminator was right all along, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I think I loved sitcoms because not of anything with TGR special things, but like the stories in it. Like I really loved uh, Cheetah Girls because of their friendship Ooh, that made me happy. Yes, I loved Cheetah Girls. And High School Musical because of the soundtrack and things. I had one of those seen it game boards of High School ah. Musical. You put the DVD in, and oh. it's like, did you see this? And it's like, you do the little game board thing, and I don't remember how it went, but I had one of those. Ooh. And I, when I was in elementary school, me and my friend started a high school musical club. Yes. And it only had the two of us in it. Valid. <laughs> and then she had her own little, like, card, like, club member card that her mom took to her office and laminated for her. <laughs> and uh, it was cute. It was fun. And I was like, man, I'm going to make a newsletter. And then I was like, I don't know how to use these templates in Microsoft. So I gave up. But that was fun while it lasted. And then, you know, once Camp Rock came around, we were like, all right, bye. See you later, High School Musical. Camp Rock is here. Uh, But, yeah. (laughs) So is there anything else that we should talk about? Mm. Not that I can think of. I think we covered quite a bit. I think we covered all of our bases. And I'm very excited to go in depth about movies and like what makes them bad or how they can be massively improved and yeah. just i want to rant about specific ones now yeah we definitely can do that there's so many things that we can talk about and we can just have like an episode where we just talk a little bit about a lot of movies yeah. and doing something else like this because this is fun i yes. like i like having just discussions about movies and stuff um so yeah so thank you so much for coming on the mm-hmm. podcast today tori i loved speaking with you it's so fun to hear your opinions and thoughts on films um is there anything that you would like to plug yes you can follow me on twitter at pinker hero or on instagram at paper thin sky no hyphens or spaces or anything to like follow me and see my films because i am working on making more creative ones all right, great. And make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BMNS Podcast to stay tuned for more updates. And we are officially on Spotify right now. We're working mm-hmm. on getting on getting on a few other uh, platforms, but I kind of wanted to make an episode before I started doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so. I hope you guys enjoyed and stay tuned for the next episode where me and my co-host Richard Boker will be speaking about The Room.